I invite you to stand for the reading of God's holy word. We read today from the Old Testament, from the book of Job, as we begin a new series of sermons, as we journey with Job over the next several weeks. I invite you to hear these holy words. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. On another day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them to present himself before him. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There was no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil and he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. Skin for skin, Satan replied, a man will give all he has for his own life. But now stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well, then he is in your hands, but you must spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? And all this, Job did not sin in what he said. This is the word of God for the people of God. Please be seated. We again say a word of greeting to, this morning to all of you. We're thankful you are here, of course. Let me just tell you right off the bat, through the month of October, we are gonna journey with Job. These are not going to be uplifting sermons. They're gonna be challenging sermons, but they're gonna be real life issues that we all face. So we begin today with a sermon that may not be that uplifting, but it is something that every one of us have to deal with. We're glad you're here. Let's bow our heads. Oh Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day. And work your will in our lives. Amen. When I was in junior high and high school, the Robbins family was very close to another family in our church. The father in the family was our family physician. They had two teenage sons that I and my brothers played sports with. On Sunday morning after church, we would go to their house or they would come to our house. We enjoyed the company of this family a great deal and they enjoyed our company as well. We worshiped together, we played together, we ate together. The oldest of the two sons found himself in trouble as he got into high school with drugs. Eventually it became so much of a burden for him that he took his own life. A matter of weeks later, the mother in the family was in the kitchen cooking when she suddenly had a massive heart attack, fell on the floor, dead. Not long after that, the father in the family was out and suffered a brain aneurysm while traveling. 
he soon died. And on the way to the funeral for his father, the remaining son was killed in a car accident. The whole family gone, all killed or died tragically. Is that fair? They were a faithful, kind family who looked out for other people, who offered their homes to those who had a need. They were good, righteous, faithful people. And they all, every one of them, died tragically. Is being righteous fair? I mean, if we're righteous and we're faithful and we do the right thing, do we benefit? Do we receive the blessings from God continually? Do we avoid suffering? Do we ourselves as faithful followers of Jesus Christ have the opportunity to go through life without difficulty, without pain, without questions that don't seem to have any answer? We read in the book of Job about a man who's extraordinarily righteous and faithful, the most righteous person on the earth. And one day, Job tells us, God strikes up a conversation with Satan of all people. And God says to Satan, where you been? Oh, I've been out to and fro. I've been going around the earth. Oh, says God, are you familiar with the righteous one named Job? He's such a good man. And Satan says, I'll tell you why he's good. He's only good, God, because you bless him because you give him everything that he wants. He's a wealthy man, he has a wonderful family, and that's the only reason he's good, is because he expects you to bless him. If you took all that away from him, he would curse your name. So God says, oh really? Well, let's find out. Is this not rather upsetting? God says, Satan, have your way with Job. Let's just see if he'll curse my name. So Satan begins, in a small way, destroying Job's livelihood. He takes away his means of transportation, his camels. He takes away his means of farming his land by killing the donkeys as well. And finally, his source of income, the sheep, are gone. And yet Job does not curse the name of God, but that's not enough. All his children have gathered together for a party. The wind blows, knocks the house down, and all of his children die. Job has literally nothing left but his wife. And his wife says, just curse God and die. Get this over with. And Job does not curse God. But, God is not done, nor is Satan. God says, see, I told you he wouldn't curse me. And Satan said, listen, let me tell you, you can take everything away from somebody they may or may not curse you, but if you harm him physically, you cause him pain, oh, he'll curse you. And once again, God says, well, let's see what happens. Let's go for it. This is so upsetting. 
Satan then puts boils all over the body from the bottom of his feet to the top of his head on Job. He is suffering physically terribly. And we end the passage of scripture today at the beginning of Job with Job refusing to curse God. He is a righteous man and he has no earthly idea because God nor Satan tell him what's going on. Why it is he's suffering. Why it is he's gone through this level of pain to lose everything and everyone that was important to him. And now physically to go through all of this. He's a righteous, good man who's faithful and he's suffering terribly. One of the things that we discover about the book of Job is, honestly, there aren't many answers. And what we see here is that a righteous man can suffer a great deal. It tells us, of course, that righteousness is not always fair. That is, there are times when we can be righteous and faithful and we are blessed. And there are times when we can be righteous and faithful and we can suffer terribly. And it's not fair because it seems though as though there are times when those people who are just scumbags, bad, awful people who hurt others intentionally seem to be doing just fine. But isn't that the way life works? Now I'm gonna be real frank with you and some people may not like this, but I am gonna tell you. I think Job is an allegory or a long parable. There was no real good Samaritan. You know that was a story that Jesus told. There was no real owner of the vineyard where the laborers went to work. That was a parable that Jesus told. I think Job is a parable about life. And you may or may not agree with that, and that's okay. If you think Job was a real walking, talking human being, you are more than welcome to believe that. But I see this as an allegory. But it's about us. And it's about the reality that life is not fair. And that there are things that happen that we don't understand. I know, as you do as well, many righteous, faithful people who have suffered more than their fair share of pain in life. But notice what happens in the story. Despite the fact that Job goes through all of this, he doesn't curse God. That is, he doesn't blame God for what has happened. What Job does is keep trying to move forward through all of this that doesn't make sense, that doesn't add up. So we have to ask ourselves as we journey through Job over the next several weeks, what does this say about our relationship with God? When we lose someone or something or a myriad of things that are important to us, that matter to us, are we gonna blame it all on God and curse God and walk away? Or are we gonna find a way to be like Job when righteousness does not seem to benefit us to continue to be righteous and faithful anyway? That's the challenge of living in the world in which we live. Being who God calls us to be, faithful and good and kind and loving and grace-filled and forgiving, even when we don't get much of that in return sometimes. Interestingly enough, Job hangs in there, keeps plugging away with no explanation of why it is he's going through what it is he's going through. 
Do you believe in a God who can be manipulated by Satan to allow Satan to inflict pain on other people? Or is this a story that gives us an understanding that pain comes from somewhere and we're just going to have to deal with it? I don't like preachers who stand in the pulpit in some of the largest, most visible churches in the United States of America and say to people, if you are righteous enough and faithful enough that God is always going to bless you, you're going to get the parking spot at the mall when every other spot is taken. You're going to be able to walk right in and get your vaccination without having to schedule an appointment. You're going to be able to go to the grocery store or the bank and there are going to be lines of people there and suddenly the cashier is going to say, I'm open. Hey, you back there in the back, come on up here. Those kinds of pastors or preachers or whatever you want to call them who say that somehow you're entitled to all this good because you're righteous and faithful are the kind of people who mislead the rest of us in the belief that if I just have enough faith, I'm never gonna go through pain or difficulty or strife. And the truth is, every one of us do. If you look at some of the most faithful people in all of scripture, including Jesus Christ himself, they suffered a lot. And somehow, some way, our responsibility is to continue to be faithful when faithfulness is not always fair. It doesn't always add up to a blessing. Sometimes we still have to hurt, whether we understand it or not. In one of my churches one day, a man came into my congregation who was a very wealthy man. He had a standing tea time at the country club several days a week. He lived in the neighborhood and drove that kind of car. And one day he came into my office and he looked like somebody literally physically beat him up. I said, man, what happened to you? No appointment, he just showed up. So what in the world happened to you? And he said, John, I've lost everything. I made some terribly poor financial investments. I have nothing. I'm having to move out of my home. I had to sell my cars. I don't have a country club membership anymore. In fact, I don't even know if I'm gonna have a wife when I get home. I made some stupid, stupid mistakes. And I talked to him through that process, and then he said before he left, but you know, John, there's always good news. Because no matter what happens, no matter what it is I face, I will always still have God who loves me. Now, he did have to move out of his house. He did have to sell his cars, no more country club membership. He lived a very plain life, and his wife never left him. And he was in church every Sunday. He still had God. He knew he made some mistakes, but he still had God. And I think for all of us in life, sometimes what we discover in the book of Job is that we have lots and lots of questions and there just don't seem to be that many answers. Sometimes bad people win and good people lose. Why? That's not fair, that's not right, that's not the way it's supposed to be. And for those of us who try, who really, really try, and we come up short and we are the ones who end up hurting, when someone who never tries and never makes an effort seems to be doing just fine, that's not fair. 
But the truth of the matter is, if we really got what any of us really deserved, we probably wouldn't want it anyway. Grace is not fair. Forgiveness isn't fair. Because sometimes people get it that we don't think deserve it, that are not entitled to it, and they get it anyway. Why is that? That's not fair. But sometimes we are recipients of those great blessings when other people don't get them. Is it fair when we get them and they don't, if they're just as faithful as we are? I think about Christians across the world today who on the Sabbath day, the holy day, Sunday, have to gather together in secret to worship. Oftentimes at the risk of peril, being imprisoned, even put to death. I recently read about an African pastor who was confronted by the government to stop preaching and quit worshiping with his people or he would be headed, be beheaded, and he was beheaded. And here we are sitting in a nice, air-conditioned, beautiful sanctuary on Sunday morning without any fear that government authorities are gonna come in and raid this place and imprison us and put us away. Is that fair? They're just as faithful as we are. Maybe in some ways even more, those people who are worshiping in secret. Is it fair that they have to meet under such difficult circumstances and we can meet freely? Is that fair? What about those people out there in the world who are good God-fearing folk, who read their Bible every day, pray every day, worship as much as they can, are generous with what it is they have, and they live in abject poverty? After going to church, they don't think about the big Sunday lunch they're going to have. They're not even sure if they're going to be able to have lunch when most of us are gonna leave here, go home, and enjoy a Sunday afternoon with a full stomach while we fall asleep in the recliner watching football. Now, is that fair? They're just as faithful as we are, and it may be in some ways even more faithful, and they seem to continually go without when most of us have more than enough. What about those good, faithful Christian people who are genuine and sincere who are suffering physically and are gonna die with some kind of condition, some kind of disease. And they're young. And there's some idiot out there who's mean to people, couldn't care less about anyone else, finds joy in hurting others, and he lives to be an old man where there seems to be no difficulty in his life of any kind. Now, is that fair? I have lots of questions about life, and I think the Apostle Paul did. That's why Paul says, now we look into a mirror dimly. When we look in the mirror, it's just not clear. But one day, Paul says, we'll understand. One day we'll see face to face. There are questions in life that just don't seem to have many answers. Is righteousness fair? We say you get what you deserve. You reap what you sow. What goes around comes around. That seems to be fair. If you're kind, you're gonna get kindness in return. If you're mean, people are gonna be mean to you in return. That seems real simple, straight to the point. But it doesn't work that way. And Job tells us that. What goes around doesn't always come around. Sometimes you send out love 
and you get hate back. You don't always reap what you sow. There are people who steal, take advantage of other folk, and they get the financial benefit. There are people who actually go through a deeper level of pain and suffering because they follow Jesus Christ than they would if they didn't. Now, is that fair? We're going to journey with Job over the next several weeks, and it's going to be an agonizing journey. It's going to be tough. These are hard sermons to write. They're hard sermons to preach. But they're real for all of us because all of us go through this, and all of us have those kinds of questions. I have a friend in the ministry who, if anybody I've ever known, has lived the life of Job, it is this man. He is faithful. He is dedicated. He is loving. He has a great sense of humor. He's a joy to be around. And he has suffered like no one I have ever known. He admired his father greatly. I mean, just bragged on his daddy all the time. And then his dad took his own life. Shortly after that, his wife came home and said, I've found someone else. I'm leaving you with the kids. I'm gone. She left. He lost his respective job, but got another one. But the trauma of that was painful. He hung out with two really, really good guys. I knew them both very, very well. The three of them, we used to call the three amigos. They laughed together. They played together. They had a great time together. They were always with each other. Their families were together. And these two young United Methodist pastors both would die suddenly. One from an undiagnosed brain tumor and the other one from a brain aneurysm. He lost his daddy. He lost his wife. He lost his two best friends. And then one day I was in my office when I see, received a frantic phone call from him. John, get to the hospital as quickly as you can. You have got to go into ICU immediately. Check on my daughter. She was riding on the back of a motorcycle without a helmet. They had to slam on the brakes. She fell off and hit her head. I rushed up to the hospital. He lived a couple of hours away. It was obvious to me looking at her and all the tubes and wires and everything else that she was not going to live. By the time he got there, she didn't live. I cannot imagine what he's gone through. And now, and now, if all of that was not too much, he himself is dying from a brain tumor. Now you all, that is not fair. It is not right. It shouldn't be that way. He is a man of extraordinary faith. He is a joy to be around. He is a good, good human being. And he has had way too much suffering. He is righteous. He is faithful. And he has hurt so much in this life. So did Job. So do you sometimes. So do I. Is faithfulness fair? 
Why are we faithful? Is it so God will bless us and we reap the benefits? Or is it because somehow, somewhere in all of this, out of gratitude and thanksgiving, we just gotta keep on keeping on like Job because what's the option? What's the alternative? We'll talk about it over the next several weeks. Pray for this series. It's taxing on the ones who will preach it. But so is life for all of us. Hallelujah. Amen.